This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. One oh six of after the whistle. Elliot Friedman going to join us in a little bit, but um, I will start by saying this: I don't think there's. Well, I mean, I bet there are a lot of people happier than I am, but you know, for someone who, you know, I mean, wasn't really a huge Nazem Kadri fan um, leading up to the our conversation yesterday and the weekend, obviously with his hit on Bennington. I'm I'm very happy for Nazem Kadri today. Number one, for 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 a lot of reasons, actually. Um, but f- number one, first and foremost, because of I don't think he ran intentionally ran Bennington. I I don't. I was happy to see that there was no repercussions for that. <clears throat> um, the one thing we we over didn't overlook, but I don't think we had all our facts on yesterday when we recorded the show were the racist threats against Nazem Kadri, um, which I feel like he has handled extremely well. Yeah. So for him to go out and do what he did last night, it's got to be, I mean, he just today must feel, well, last night after the game, he must just feel just unbelievable and some real vindication there for him and a, a big win for the Avs, but a big win for Nazem Kadri last night. I agree. And, uh, we, you know, we did talk about the incident with uh, Kadri and Bennington, and I will stick to my guns thoroughly. When I when when we talk about this situation, there's going to be two parts to it. Okay, number one, I believe that he knew exactly what he was doing when he went in on that play and drove the net hard. He knew exactly what he was doing. This is a six-time suspended hockey player. This is a three-time suspended player in the playoffs. He plays on the line every 
single game. He's a great player. I would take, I told you this yesterday. I would take him on my team any day. Yeah, we okay? wanted him. We, when we were building our Sabres team day in and day out with your dry erase board, he was a guy that we said, go and get Nazem Kadri, go and get. And then when he got traded to Colorado, I mean, yeah, we were disappointed, but carry on, carry on with your point. I don't want to go but, too far down. You know, listen, that. we, we, I, 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 I believe it's just, just, my just know I, I'm, I'm, I'm foaming at the mouth to respond, but I'm going to be, okay. you know, okay, great. mature here listen, and let you finish. Okay. Just, just hear me out before, before you lose your marbles on me. Um, I believe that Nazem Kadri knew exactly what he was doing going into Bennington. I know that t- all goaltenders are, are the biggest targets in the NHL when it comes to playoff time. Okay. If you have an opportunity to even bump these guys or just be in front of them and irritate them, you are told for years, years and years and years that you play this game, you, you have to get in the head of the goaltender. So anytime you can bump them, get in front of them, make their life miserable. That's the one player on the ice that needs to be targeted. Nazem Kadri drove the net. He knew exactly what he was doing. I know there was a little bump here and there, but he knew exactly where to fall and he knew exactly what he was doing. And he knocked out the best goaltender up to this date. Okay. Up to the date. Bennington's numbers were through the roof. He was, he was playing exceptionally well. Okay. That's my feeling on that. He did not get suspended. Nothing happened to him. I'm fine. I'm totally fine with that. Okay. That was the decision from uh, the department of player safety. And they, they looked at it a hundred times and they felt that there was no suspension there. Perfect. I don't have a problem. Explain to me then explain to me why. Hold on. on. I want to just, how long are you going to go here? Well, is there a timeline? Is there a timeline on this uh, beautiful, and I mean beautiful, Tuesday morning? Is there a timeline? Do you want timeline? me to speed things I mean, up? Do you want me to talk faster? Is that what you want me to do? I don't want you to talk faster. I just want you to come to your point here because I, I'm, I want to speak is too. This. We were discussing this, mor- uh, this morning about Nazem Kadri and about the, the disgusting, disgusting tweets that were going out and the hate okay and i just i want to read you i i, I listened to nazim uh talk to uh tnt after the game um and i want to just read his comments and he said unfortunately i've been dealing with this for a very long time that that said to say i am getting good at just putting it in the rear view mirror I am getting good at putting it through the rearview mirror. He's been dealing with this for years, for years and years. And this is what's so disgusting about this. And the comment that he said really stuck with me, that I'm getting good at just putting it in the rearview mirror. He shouldn't have to put this in the rearview mirror. This is unbelievable. Believable. I read. Who was it, it that put the uh, tweets out that what they've been reading? Uh, was it his wife? Uh, somebody, somebody close to him. I feel like it was his wife. I can't believe, like to the point. I don't even want to read it. It's so uncomfortable. I, I mean, I've never had to deal with this. I've never. I mean, I'm white. 
I've never had to, you know what I mean? Yes. To, to, I, I, I can't imagine, um, having to, to just play, a, to want to just play a game. I mean, you, you know what? Hold on. Regardless what he, what he did, ran him or didn't run him. I mean, it doesn't matter. It, it, it shouldn't, it should never come to this, 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 this way of thinking is, is, is not healthy for the people writing it. I mean, and to see it, to actually see it, you know, typed out and, and put out there, it's, uh, you know, he handled it extremely well. I mean, yeah, you can say what you want about his reputation on the ice and how he plays. I mean, you know, he's obviously had to learn how to deal with this. So, well, listen, I mean, as a, as a, as a, as a player, um, as much as he, you know, listen, I mean, are we going to sit here and, uh, tell each other that we wouldn't want a player, even though he's suspended. Nazem Kadri plays the game. Like I would, I, I love the way he plays the game. And, and quite frankly, I don't even care that he's been suspended six times. I don't care because all of the plays, the, the way he plays, he plays with a, a ton of emotion. We have said this for years when Toronto Maple Leafs were making a decision to move on from Nazem Kadri, making five million bucks. I'm like, I'd be, I'd be taking that guy in a heartbeat. And, uh, you know, Colorado ended up getting him. And uh, I'm sure that they are extremely, extremely pleased. But to sit here and listen, we're not listen, but read the stuff that some of these people like. I just, it is just incredible. Some of the stuff that's being said to Nazem Kadri on on his Twitter account, it's just. I mean, I, I, I'm over I'm a sport. Like it's just a game. Speechless. Like it's crazy. I mean, it's like. Uh, and to think about I, this I can't one even, situation too. To think about this one situation, you know, how was it when he was, you know, up in Toronto as a young kid dominating, you know, like, I just wonder how he dealt with this throughout his life and, and we can't relate to it. We, I will never be able to relate to all of these players of, of a different race deal with this this just disgusting disgusting hate from people and it's it's uh, it's just so uh i just feel i feel terrible like i really do for for these people it's just it's it's our, our world right now it seems like it's just getting worse it really does right it really does i mean it's uh what when i i mean when i heard the racist threats were out there and then you read them, you're sitting there thinking like it, it's, it's fucking 2022. I mean, what, what are we, how are we thinking this way? How, how are we thinking this way? I, I just, I, I, it's 2022. I mean, there's enough examples out there for, to, for 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 fucking common sense to just i mean first of all you're never going to be able to change how people think unfortunately yeah you're un, unfortunately you can never force somebody you know on how they can think which is unfortunate in, in a lot of cases but i just couldn't believe 
I got to find the tweet. I think it was his wife, but I don't, I don't know for sure. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, did people actually wrote this? Like people actually think this way still. I mean, it's like, anyway, I think you get my point. I, I it's, it's uncomfortable. Nazem Kadri it, got the last laugh, didn't he? Well, that's what I was saying. I mean, nice he handled it so well. And he, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I mean, how does that happen? I mean, all, that storyline, you know, he, the, this, he, he runs Bennington, he gets all these threats and then all of a sudden he goes out and scores a hat trick. I mean, it's like, it's, it's such a fitting storyline. I look forward to talking with Elliot about this. Cause I know he'll have a good thought on it. Yes. But anyway, look, I was just happy. Kadri was able to be in the lineup last night. And you know what? I, I, I wasn't even sure because I wasn't. I don't even know if I, I wasn't really following or looking for it. I turned on the game and there was Kadri, and I was like, clearly no, no uh, repercussions from, um, you know, Department of Player Safety. Yeah. And I, I, and listen, I think some people would think that I was making a, a, a stand just for the sake of an argument yesterday, but I truly believed that. You were right because I said that the he he was the player was behind him, but the player that was beside him, like if Kadri is just allowed to poke at the puck, which you know he he created that chance, that defender shouldn't be able to to nudge him at all. Yeah, and we saw this in was it the Pittsburgh series where somebody ran a, a, a one of the Rangers players or. Pittsburgh players ran their own player into or ran the other player into their own goalie. And I'm like, that's on the guy. Yeah, but that's different. How many times the do we guy, see that the, on a the, nightly basis in the NHL? Do you see a defenseman who's beat and what's he do last line of defense? He tries to lay, you know, some, some physicality on his hip. Yeah. Uh, I, listen, I, Nazem Kadri did not get hit into the goaltender. That's the difference, okay? Nazem Kadri was actually somewhat behind the Colorado or uh, the, the St. Louis Blues player. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. May seem like he didn't, but I'd bet everything on that he, he knew that, you know, listen, I mean, if he's going to get bumped, and he's going to fall someplace, you know it is a cardinal rule. You know that um, you know, you're going to fall on the goaltender. And he fell on the goaltender probably to more irritate Bennington. But he didn't irritate him. He hurt him, and he's out for the playoffs. And he was one of the hottest goaltenders in the league at the time. So let me, uh, before we get Elliot here, I need your... Uh, you know, the 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 unfortunate circumstances of Kadri's incident yesterday, yeah. but also you know scoring three goals last night and winning the game that was that trumped a sweep of the Florida Panthers by the Tampa Bay Lightning. I I, I was thinking about y'all game because uh, yeah you know Mac Weger your cousins on the team, but I was thinking about y'all game because I'm pretty sure at the trade deadline when they acquired Giroux, you stamped them the Stanley Cup. Champs, yes. you said they are going to win. 
Yes, I did. They, they, uh, they had the ingredients. They just didn't put it together. They, I'm not kidding when I say this, even the, even the walk, like they, they got completely dominated by Tampa Bay. Like, I mean, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. Which I was surprised by because before the series, I thought Toronto took everything Tampa had. I didn't think they had like, was Florida that bad? They did it. Terrible. It wasn't even playing. I mean, they were terrible. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that it was. And they were terrible in the Washington series too. Let's, let's look at it. You know, like, listen, I, I watched a lot of Panthers games this year and they won the president's trophy because of the depth that they have, the scoring. And, and, you know, it wasn't just Barkoff and Huberto. They had Bennett and Declare and, you know, um, they brought in Giroux. They, you know, they have Stam Reinhardt for Stiege. Like, there is a long list of high-end, talented forwards. They had a really strong defense core bringing in uh, Ben Sherrod at the deadline. They have they got back Aaron Ekblad. And I'm going to tell you, you go and watch Sergey Bobrovsky. I thought he played he was the best player in the in the entire playoffs. He was the best player for Florida Panthers and they still got spanked. They didn't play. They didn't play with any emotion. Oh like like come on. I'm going to tell you this. Did you watch Andrew Manette through any of this? You, I saw uh, him I- once in 10 uh, how many games they played? 10 games. In 10 games in the playoffs, this man stood there like he was like he, he took a, a pill that made him not be able to move, speak, or even like have any emotion at all. And then with all of a sudden, like eight minutes left in the third period when they're when they're down, he well, shows when the first, emotion. It was, when the, it was when the first goal they scored and, and they were replaying and replaying and replaying and re- oh my God. I mean, I cooked dinner in that during that replay and I came back and I'm like, is this the same replay? Yeah. We're I going mean, into was... the Stanley Cup playoffs and we're fucking changing <laughs> the power play every single game. We got Alexander Barkov on the point. He doesn't know his head from his ass when he's standing at the point. You got one of the best defensemen in the league and Aaron Black, Aaron Ekblad not playing his position that he's been playing for 10 years. Like, what is going on here? What is going on here? Like they, it was poorly run. I'm going to tell you this, man. It was, I'm throwing this. They have a, they had a great team. They had a great team, but they need some bite on that coaching staff. They need a guy that's going to energize that team. They had some guys that were sleeping. I would have kicked them right in the fricking pants. Not, not a chance. If I'm going down, I'm, I'm going to lose my shit and it's going to be on the players. Alexander Barkov, you know, he's the greatest player, greatest defensive player in the league. He's a beautiful player. Get the paddles out. Come on, Barky. This is playoff time. This is not the he didn't. He did games. not look good last night shit. at all. He didn't do shit, man. Where was, where was Huberto? It's a hundred. What did he get? A hundred and five points this year? Nothing. Nothing. Come on, man. Where's Declare? Where was half their team? There was no jam. There was no fight. It was awful. 
absolutely awful. In 10 games, even the games they won, I wasn't even happy with some of their games. And it's, it, it, listen, I mean, it's a lost opportunity. And you know what I think about this? It's a, a lot of those guys have not had the pressure of, of being a favorite, right? Do you remember Tampa Bay four years ago? You remember that? Yeah, they played Tampa uh, Bay, Columbus. Tampa Bay four years ago was the president's trophy winner. They had 128 points, the most points by an NHL team in 30 years. They went into the playoffs and what happened? With all the pressure on them, they've never dealt with the pressure before. What happened to them? Swept. Swept in four by Columbus. That's right. They lost four straight. What What did they need when they played Columbus? They lost for what reason? They weren't physical enough. Okay, so what did Tampa Bay do in the offseason? They realized that they have an insane core of high-end hockey players, but they needed what? They needed some size. Size. Who'd and they, they went get? and they got, I think they brought in Maroon. They brought in Patrick Maroon. Uh, they brought in, um, I don't know where. Barkley Goudreau. Barkley Goudreau from, from San Jose. From San Jose. I they think they gave a first-round Col- pick for him. And they brought Blake in- Coleman. Where was and Coleman they- before again? He was in New Jersey. Right, right, they right. Brought those three guys in that were physical, fast, muckers, grinders, but still had some offensive talent. Who'd they bring on the back end? Bogosian. Bogosian. And there I feel go. like they brought in four. I think they had they Shen in there. They had yeah. Shen the one year. So, so Tampa Bay went and identified that they have all this insanely high-end skill, but when, when it's time to play the game, and you know what I mean by when I say that, the game of hockey is the simple part. It's the mind games and, and the physical grind of a long, long playoff season is where you have the other players that are licking their lips. They're salivating, okay? It's the Patrick Maroons. It's the guys, the, the Ross Coltons. It's the Corey Perrys that are irritating. They're physical. They're nasty. They're, they're bumping the goaltender. They're, they're pushing around the top players on Florida to irritate them, to get them to get them off their game. You need those players. Well, who, who, on, who on Florida did that? Yeah, they don't have it. They they didn't have it. They didn't have anybody. Well, they had so, Gudis, but that's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. If you want to be a Stanley Cup winning team, you need you need to have elite players play elite hockey. How'd Kucherov do? Uh, really well. How'd our boy Stammer do? They all, what do you mean? Just dominated. It's- it was obviously it was easy for them. It was four straight. Yep. Yep. So this is a, I, I look at Florida and say, this is, this is the first time. This is the first time probably ever in the history of the entire league that they've been in this league. It's the very first time in Florida Panthers history that they have been the favorites to win the Stanley cup. And they had, those players, I think, have never have never dealt with it. Like none of them, even Eric, Aaron Eckblad, you know, Mackenzie Weger, uh, you know, Barkoff, Huberdo, all those guys have not dealt with the pressures of being 
an elite player, an elite team, and they, they stumbled a bit, okay? But I'm going to tell you this. When you fail, you get back up, and you're more prepared for next time. So let me, let me say this before we get Elliot here. And I, I know in our years past, there are two seasons that I, I, I mean, there were two, two amazing seasons that I got to be a part of in my six year career in the NHL. And that was the Sabres 05, 06 season and the 06, 07 president's trophy season. And the reason why I bring those up is because I think if you flip flop those years, you have, you, you, you have two really good teams, but two very different teams. Okay. Yep. The, the 06, 07 team was missing. Um, JP Dumont, Jay McKee. Uh, I got to think we had a couple other guys that were missing from our, our regular lineup that was there in 05, 06. But I mean, there's two players right there, for example, that we were missing. Um, I can't remember if Greerzy was there in 06, 07. He had to have been. He had to have been. But the point is, is that you flip-flop those teams and, you know, I, I think the 05, 06 team beats the 06, 07 team, and it's because we were in our lineup. I feel like Ottawa had a major physical presence. Remember that team? Phillips, Chara, Redden on the back end, Volchenkov. Neil. Neil, Fisher, um, remember Fisher. Remember Fisher, Fisher is a playoff specialist. That he- Fisher, Schaefer, uh, like they had, they had a good, they had a good team. They had a really good team. Anyway, well, listen, I mean, Florida has a great team too, and I, I, I just want to say, like Carter Vestigi and guys like uh, Antoine Lindell. These are young, young hockey players that they are going to take major strides. And if those players take major strides and you still have your big boys, the Barkoff, the Huberdos, you know, what happens with Giroux? Does Giroux say, hey, we have unfinished business here. I'm going to sign a contract in Florida that's going to be like a, um, it's going to be like the old friendly, I want to win contract just like hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price Go to your happy price, price line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Mark Giordano did in Toronto. You kidding me? Two years at 800 grand? I mean, what happens with Giroux? Does Giroux go back and say, this is my best chance to win a Stanley Cup? I want to stay here. I'm going to take 
the ultimate hometown disco because I've already been making, he's been making eight and a half million dollars for like, I can't even tell you how long. So he has more money than he knows what to do with. So I could see Drew sticking around in Florida and now they just need to go and they need to tinker around a little bit with that roster to make sure that, that they have the right players. It's going to be a very dangerous team moving into next year. If they can kind of, uh, you know, get the right guys, get the right guys back and maybe one or two uh, signings. I was right. Dumont, McKee, and Greer, 0506, 0607. We don't have those players. Those are three key playoff type players that you just can't replace with, with youth. You know? All right. Elliot Friedman coming up next. It's funny, the man was just apologizing uh, right as we were clicking on here. You know, we weren't going to take this meeting today, Elliot. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I, I really am. I mean, yesterday was Victoria Day, and I thought it was Memorial Day, too. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sleep in. And I woke up, and I saw your text, and I was like, oh. Like, you know when you look at your phone, and you're like, oh, that was that was one of those mornings. I'm really sorry about it. Uh, I'm not in that high demand that I have those moments. But we, uh, no, we, we figured, you know what? And we were talking about it, not on the, not on the show, but just with the schedule, you're on every friggin' day. You must like this time of year must just run you down. You know, I, um, it's, it's not as bad as you think. Um, first of all, like the, the number one thing everyone has to know is you love it. If you're being, it's like, it's like a player, right? Like if you're being called on in the playoffs, and they want you to work, you're probably doing something right. So you, you, that's the way I prefer to look at it. But the other thing too, is that that was you know, his I, way of telling us he's great, Craig. Oh, shut up. You're so <laughs> lame. You're, you, you're, you two are so lame. Anyway. Uh, uh, no, I would never say that. Uh, we we know, just did. <laughs> you know, first of all, I do try to sleep in. That's, you know, that's one thing I try to do. And secondly, you know what really energizes you? First of all, the playoffs this year have been great. So the yes, games have. have been great, and that makes it better. And also, look, up here, we've got two Canadians. We've got a big Canadian rivalry in the second round, which we haven't gotten enough of. And the thing that's really good about it is that you know you're getting a Canadian team in the Stanley Cup semifinal. So I think that that always makes the job easier. I love the Battle of Alberta, but I kind of wish they were separate just so that there was a, a chance for, you know, maybe and that doesn't guarantee anything. This at least ensures that one gets through, but mm-hmm. I'd love to maybe see a, a Canada, Canada, you know, conference final at some point, even love final would be, would be absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, we did our show yesterday and, and we didn't get much into the, to the cadre um, stuff with the racist threats and everything. Cause we didn't have all the details and all the facts. And then, you know, so we did, obviously you hear more about it. The game last night, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of light brought to a lot of attention brought to it, I should say. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Craig and I, it's, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable stuff that was written about Nazem Kadri. I'm not sure if you saw it. It's, it's, it's pretty unbelievable that in sports, you know, that we're seeing this still today. I, uh, I agree with you on that. I mean, the whole thing is disgusting, right? I guess 
There have been some reports, I haven't seen them this morning, that Caudry's wife posted some Instagram of the messages. It um, was his wife, okay. Yeah. I thought I mentioned that earlier, and yeah, she showed some of them. Sorry, go ahead. I just I mean, wasn't sure if it was his wife for sure. It, it's disgusting. It's a joke. It shouldn't, like, I mean, it, it's, it, it's gross. I mean, use whatever term or phrase you want. It, it, it's, it's not acceptable, and it shouldn't happen. Um, I thought Con- Caudry handled himself unbelievably well last night. I think mm-hmm. he, used, he used all of that stupidity and channeled it in the proper way. Um, he made himself better. He, he, he beat the blues. Uh, I thought the support he got from teammates like Eric Johnson was, was really impressive, uh, in the post game. You know, one of the things that uh, that Colorado organization and Toronto did too. I mean, I don't think it was easy for the Maple Leafs to, uh, trade Caudry when they did. Um, and they showed a lot of support for him when they had him there. But the Colorado guys have done too. I remember last year when Kadri got his suspension, they were furious about it. They they really, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I know it was the third time it happened. And, you know, if you are a repeat offender, it, you know, you get more and more severely punished each time. But Colorado really fought it. They tried to stand up for him and say, we, we don't think, we, we think that this suspension is too harsh. So I wasn't surprised that the Avalanche showed a lot of support for him over the last 48 to 72 hours. But, you know, considering the messages that um, he was getting and, and the hate he was getting and the BS he was getting, and they tried to turn his anger against him, which has worked successfully for some teams before. And he was incredible. He had a hat trick and he, he didn't, he didn't lose his control or he didn't go over the line. I thought it was, I thought it was probably his finest night as an NHL player, to be perfectly honest. Oh, well said. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. So just kind of thoughts on the actual play. Do you, did you have any feeling that, um, that, uh, that Kadri should be getting some discipline on that play? No, I didn't like I thought both those plays, Kadri on Biddington and Barbashev on Gerard, were accidents. Uh, I, I did. Um, there were people who felt that Barbashev should have been suspended for Gerard, and I didn't think so. For I what? He, for what? For injuring him, I guess. I know, but, but it was a beautiful yeah, it was, just it was, it was just a it was like a routine uh body check that was finished after you know with the player with the puck right yeah craig it was just a bad outcome i agree yeah. with you 100 percent. it was the, there was nothing wrong with the hit um and i i thought with uh with the cadre thing it was him and rosen going for the puck and unfortunately biddington got hurt and you don't think there's any motive there and you be honest no no because i would I'm be not, honest because i'm not you. um because I'm not talking about uh, the way I saw it, Elliot and, and Andrew and I have sat here and dissected it a little bit and given our opinions. And I, I just believe that, you know, I'm not saying Kadri is a dirty player. He kind of, he, he walks the line, he, yeah. he treads the line. And I love that. And I love that type of player. I would take him on my team 100% of the time. He's been, since been suspended six times. Three of them have been in the playoffs. He walks the line. And in this play, when you're driving the net hard, it just so happens that when he does get bumped, he falls right on the goaltender. You don't think that there's a little bit of motive there that if you're going to fall, you're going to fall on the goaltender. You're taught that from, you're taught that from a young age. You're like literally a, a young age when you're 
if you're going to fall, I, you're going to fall on Elliot, the other I basically told, I told Craig, I said, I said he didn't he didn't run him. I said he he got bumped and he, he was going for the puck and that's where his momentum took him. I mean it like simple as that. There's he there was no intent. I don't think there was any intent for him to there's nothing he could have done. He was knocked off his feet in direction to, of the goalie. I mean to me that's what I basically argued yesterday, Elliot, is that I I don't understand like why his history has to come into it. I feel now more than ever, Nazem Kadri, I think he, he probably realizes that he is more valuable in other ways than being a super pest. Well, I think you can be a super pest and also not cross the line. And I yeah. think that's, I think that's what he's had. I think that's what he's had to learn is to control his temper and not go across the line. Look, he's been suspended three times in the playoffs. You can't do that. He's too good a player. You know, Craig, I, I, like as, as I listen to everything you're saying there, I, I think you make sense. I would say this. I see a difference between uh, being dirty and a, a play that, like, you know, I, I just think in that particular play, I think everybody's doing that. What happened in that play, I think every forward is. I 100% agree. But but I think there's a difference between. Doesn't make it okay, though. Also, there's a, there's a difference between that and a deliberate attempt to injure. Like, I, I think that Kadri has had moments in the playoffs where, unfortunately, he has lost control and, and tried to hurt people. I don't think that was it. I, I think that was just a – like I like I said, I think the Barbashev play – well, the Barbashev play was completely innocent. This I, – I don't think it wasn't innocent. I think it was – he was hit. I'm going in that direction. But do I do I do think – do I think there was a deliberate attempt to injure anymore or he was – or he'd lost control and was trying to get revenge. No, I, I, I don't believe that for a second. How surprised are you that the Florida, Florida series is over? I'm shocked. I am absolutely shocked. Um, I look I, like I don't pick against Tampa. I picked Tampa in the first round. I picked Tampa this round. I think they've, they've earned my respect. They know how to play. Um, like I, like I cannot believe how smart, like that, like in my lifetime, that might be the smartest IQ team I can remember. I'm sure there've been other really smart teams, but the way they play, they are so intelligent. And what makes them, what makes them that way, Elliot? I just think they, like you look at game seven against Toronto, Craig, like how they protected that lead. Like they, they conceded territory, but not the important territory. Like they said to Toronto, you'll be able to get into our zone, but you're not getting anywhere once you get into our zone. And you look at the way they block shots and the puck always seems to be Craig in the right place. Like they put it in a safe place. Like they, you watch them at the other team's blue line you know, they say, oh, we have a play here. We're going for it. We don't have a play. Okay, where's the safest place I can put it? Like, they really don't beat themselves. If you go back to game one, um, they're, they're up 4-1 with 30 seconds left, and McDonough gives it away, and they block two shots in with 40, and 40 seconds left in a 4-1 game. Like, it's I, – I think they're – and the other thing is we showed something the other night, and I, I heard about it from someone who didn't like that we showed it. But they're great at grabbing opponent sticks, and they they get you. They have like, and either you get a penalty for it. Now sometimes they get called for it, but either you get a penalty for it, or if you look at the 
winning um uh if you look at the winning goal in, in game seven of the Leaf series like Kalorn accidentally on purpose falls on Muzzin's stick and it creates yeah. the opening and I just think <clears throat> they are so so smart I I'm telling you I'm not going to be surprised if they if they win again so let me uh <clears throat> Let me uh, point this picture. So you talk about, you just talked about right now about how you love the intelligence and the way that they play, the way that they've learned to play and make these small little things to get by that are, that are game changers and separators. 2019, there was a team that played 82 games, had 62 wins, 128 points. They had one hundred and three plus in the goal differential from goals against the goals for which has been by far by far the highest that team that year was the president's trophy winner tampa bay lightning Mm -hmm. and they lost four straight in the first round Mm -hmm. did they have the intelligence that you're talking about right now then I think that uh, I think they were always on track to being that team, but sometimes it's it's like sometimes you need to be smacked in the head, Craig, to really understand what it takes. Right. Remember what you remember what else happened that series? Kucherov got suspended. Remember he ran somebody from behind and he got suspended. Are we talking about the sweep from Columbus? Yes. yes. I think Hedman was hurt too, wasn't he? I can't remember, but I, it sounds reasonable. I feel I like just, Hedman was hurt too. But I think that was like in that moment when you get embarrassed, you know, you can learn or you can, uh, or you can not learn, I guess. Right. right. Or could, and you know, Kucherov got suspended and I, I know they told him like, you can't do that. You're one of our best players. And, um, you know, I, I, I think also what really helps Craig is, I, McDavid is unbelievable. Like he really is. And he's the best player in the league. And, you know, actually I, I have to say, usually I just say Vasilevsky is the most important guy in the playoffs. I think McDavid's showing there's two most important guys in the playoffs, but to me, Vasilevsky is the human eraser. Like what, what he does. Um, he like last night, they could have played till next week and they weren't scoring on Vasilevsky. That's they right. just weren't. That's they right. just weren't. But I, you know what I think, Craig? I think they learned their lessons. Yeah, I listen, I mean, everybody is going to shit on Florida, and rightfully so. They deserve it because they didn't play. Um, they didn't play like a champion, okay? But let me tell you, I think you have to learn. You have to learn from, from defeat, from making mistakes. I believe that Tampa Bay Lightning was a team that uh, was one – they were the President's Trophy winner. They were – just truly an incredible season in the 2018-19 season. They lost four mm-hmm. straight, and they learned from that, and they mm-hmm. pushed forward, and then they've won two Stanley Cups, and they're still the smartest team, I think, in the league right now when it comes to playoff hockey because they've learned from the defeat and also from, from winning games, winning close games. And I think Florida is going to learn something from this. Hopefully they can kind of keep it all together to make another little run at it, but – I'm going to tell you this. I, I just think that the Tampa Bay Lightning right now, like there's one team in the league, I think that they can beat them. Colorado? And that's Colorado. And it's only because of the firepower that they have with, you know, you know, Kadri and, and, and McKinnon and Ranton and Langdeskog and they have caught Cal uh, um, um, McCarr on the back end. But here's the thing, you know, 
Tampa Bay has, I think, the best defense core in the in the league. They're all six foot three plus. They all skate exceptionally well. They all are defending first defensemen. They're mm-hmm. physical, and they have the best goaltender in the league. Vasilevsky is the best goaltender in the league right now, yeah. and those yeah. two components put the Tampa Bay Lightning in another category. And then and the funny thing is then all of a sudden they have all the, the scoring power too. So it's like, they have everything. I, it's going to be very interesting to see who I can pick them, off. I, Tampa Bay. I, I didn't want them to win, but I want them to win again because I think Maroon winning four in a row is hilarious. It's unbelievable. Who's and the last I, player to win, win four in a row. If they win this year, I want them to win all next those, year. All those Islanders would be those the Islanders guys. in what yeah. the early was it the early the, the 80 to 83. Like they hold the record. They hold the record for most series wins in a row. 19. Because they won four in a row and then they went to the finals the next year and Edmonton beat them. Tampa's at 10. Like I can't even believe they're wow. at 10. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It really is. One of those teams, it's either the Oilers or the Islanders also have the record for least series to to win, but also least games to win a, a Stanley Cup. I think I think that one. I, I, L.A. Yeah. No, didn't, no, no, no. They, didn't the year L.A. won won one of the Stanley Cups? They won the first two series four nothing, four nothing. I think it was four one and four nothing. I'm going to double check. That Either now. way, yeah, that's not that's not no. They they won it in like I can't remember how many games they won it in. But much. they wanted in some like like ridiculously low amount of games. But um, either way, um, Edmonton, Calgary. Are you surprised? Oh, you know what? I wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys a couple. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. Number, number one, number one, number one. First of all, wouldn't you love to see? I don't know if it'll happen, but you get you guys mentioned that you think Colorado is the only team that can beat uh, Tampa. I would love to see McDavid against Tampa because I would love to see McDavid against all those guys just to see what would happen. Riv, what did I say? What did I say when Edmonton was about to play Calgary? What did I say? I want to see McDavid go on a run and carry this team to the finals. Now that they're past, I mean, let's just see him. Let's see the greatest the most player, ridiculous player ever to don a pair of skates. I yeah. don't give a crap. You're gonna sit here and you're gonna talk about Sidney Crosby <laughs> in his prime and Mary Lemieux. He is the best player to ever don skates in the NHL history. I. I will go down really? fighting. Oh my God. There's not a player that's close. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's, I mean, come on. Like, listen to, me. listen to what I'm going to say before you guys jump all over me. Mm-hmm. I'm talking not about era, not talking about, oh, how can you say that about, uh, you know, Maurice the Rocket Richard back in the day? Or why, why are you saying that about Bobby Orr in the, uh, you know, in the seventies or, or Wayne Gretzky in the eighties and nineties, I'm talking about this player is the greatest player to date is the greatest hockey player in the history. We're talking about, we, I, I was arguing about some with some guy the other day, we were talking about putting Connor McDavid back in the eighties and you have freaking Wayne Gretzky who has a great Wayne. You got 215 points. Connor McDavid would add 400. <laughs> Connor McDavid you know, right now back in the 80s 
would have 400 points. He would be. But is he great enough to do it on his own to carry Edmonton? I mean, that's that's basically what it comes. Wayne Gretzky didn't carry anything on his own. You're right. Mark Messier. He's literally go look at the stats, PD. Freaking. I think I think Elliot's chomping at the bit to to jump okay, in on the. I had to deal here. with I had to deal yeah. with this earlier, Elliot. He no, just you know what? I'll tell you something. So the other night after Game Three, um, like for our our producer for these Battle of Alberta games, his name is Brian Spear. He's a great guy. He tells me the other day, you have to talk about something else besides McDavid. Like you've talked about McDavid for like seven straight intermissions. And I'm like, I don't care. Give the people what they want. The guy is playing unbelievable. And he laughed and he said, okay. Then at the end of the show, BX has said to me, is, is he better than Gretzky? And, you know, fine, Craig, I said, no, like, don't, don't go there yet. Like, no, you know, and, and, and Craig, like, I understand, like, I'll tell you my, my DMS, cause I keep my DMS open on Twitter. They were full of people saying to me, are you nuts? He's better than Gretzky. Um, like Gretzky, like the, the dumbest thing people say is Gretzky couldn't play in the NHL today. I'm like, that is the stupidest take ever. Wayne Gretzky could play whenever he wants, but I will tell you, Craig, there are people like, I don't think, I don't think you can say yet that McDavid is better than a guy who has 60 records in the rule book, but I will tell you that you are not the only person who feels that way. Elliot. Yes. I absolutely disagree. (laughs) Go back and watch a game in in the 1980s and you got the goaltender that looks like he's smaller than a Bantam goaltender of today because of the equipment and the size of the pads and the blockers and the chest protectors. These goaltenders look like they are, they're playing road hockey. No disrespect, gentlemen, back to your era, but what Connor McDavid is playing against, there would be a goal scored against the goaltenders. Now you think, you think those guys back in the eighties can score in Vasilevsky. The guy is six foot five. He, he is like a bloody cat. He's like Gumby, but strong and, and quick and aggressive. <laughs> you have Wayne Gretzky walking in with his like fluffer of a shot, taking a slap shot, and he's, and, and he's blowing it by a guy who doesn't go into the butterfly. He's trying to do a kick save. Are you freaking kidding me? Connor McDavid would have blown by Brad Marsh so many goddamn times throughout a game. He would have scored 15 <laughs> goals. Brad Marsh get thrown into this. Well, we all watched Brad Marsh when we grew up, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you don't have to I'm pick just on, saying, Brad, Marsh, to pick on Brad a, Marsh. Brad Marsh was a solid defenseman. Well, holy mm-hmm. shit. What about the guys behind Brad Marsh? Brad Marsh yeah. couldn't skate. I think I Harold mean, Snaps could have stopped Wayne uh, or Connor. You saw, <laughs> the, you saw number three, four, and five, and six defensemen back in the day. Holy jumping. The, the difference of player in today's game. And mm-hmm. you have Connor McDavid getting 130 points a year. He would score 400 points back in back in. And this is what I'm not. I'm not comparing Wayne Gretzky to Connor McDavid, because if you take the era, Wayne Gretzky is by far the greatest player, the greatest hockey player to ever play the game. And, and, and even Bobby Orr is, is basically like a one, a one B and you can pick which one you like better. I'm talking, I'm just talking strictly. Connor McDavid is the greatest hockey player ever to Don skates. I'm not talking about Connor McDavid. 
opposed to Wayne Gretzky in their eras because mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky is clearly, clearly better than, than Connor McDavid in his era. Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid is the greatest no player to, to, to ever to Wayne, But McDavid's getting checked more. They're, so. they're, they're two completely different. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're so different and you can't Absolutely. sit there and take away Wayne Gretzky and what he's obviously done. He's the greatest player to ever play in his era. Because Would this be one to- of the greatest turnarounds, Elliot, in in a season? I mean, obviously, St. Louis a few years ago was, but that's mm-hmm. that's why I that's why I sit here and I don't rule Edmonton out because of what St. Louis did. Either. Like it's that that Evander Kane pickup has been unbelievable for them. I mean, fantastic. The only issue I have with the Edmonton Andrew and Craig is that there's such a disparity in, on on how much certain people play. Like, can you win the Stanley Cup with five forwards playing 22 minutes and everybody else playing so much less? We're, I mean, I guess we're going to find out. Didn't Tampa run the big dogs back in 0304, Le Cavalier in St. Louis, like 26 minutes a night? I feel like that was something that was a, that was a note they that Lindy Ruff after. made. They did after. Maybe after you know, I because I, I remember I covered a playoff series where they played New Jersey, and they play and they and they had Le Cavalier and San Louis playing twenty six, twenty seven minutes. Okay, okay, so that yeah, maybe it was after. Um, like I looked it up. The last the last team to win the Stanley Cup with a forward playing twenty two minutes were the two thousand twelve Kings, Kopitar. But hmm. you know, I'll I'll just say this, McDavid. Someone said to me the other day. McDavid does things with his skates that people can't do in running shoes, which is incredible. Like it's really an incredible line and it's true. I think he could go down as the greatest player ever. I'm just Craig. I'm not just willing to do Wayne Gretzky or Ray. Don't don't answer my question. Don't answer the question of, is he the greatest player ever of his era? Yeah. Because he's clearly not Elliot. Who? McDavid? McDavid. He is clearly not the best player of his or of the eras meaning yeah you know, I understand John, what you're saying. the 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 rocket morris rocket richard then you're into but he the, could be by the time no he, he will over, never people... no never ever wayne gretzky was I, I dominating can't i'm now disagreeing with you on this too I no wayne gretzky was there, dominating right? his game and scoring 230 points 94 goals 76 84 like he dominated Mm-hmm. I'm talking about right now, out of every single player that has played in the National Hockey League, there has not been a player in the National Hockey League that is better than Connor McDavid. There's not, there's not a single player. Because mm-hmm. now, all of a sudden, when you take the eras, take Connor McDavid and put him back in the 80s. Yeah. Take Connor McDavid and put him back in the 60s. He'd score 550 points. He would be unstoppable because the technology, the training, I mean, the nutritionists, like back in the eighties, they're worried about, you know, getting their barley from their beer, you know, <laughs> Hey, this is a good source of, uh, you know, like it's just a different era. These, these young kids have been training with trainers since they were 12 years old. They have skating coaches. They have, uh, uh, site coaches. They have everything. It is, it, the game is gone in a completely different direction. And Connor McDavid has been a part of that era. Okay. 
That's all I'm saying. I'm, there's zero disrespect to Wayne Gretzky. He's the greatest player to ever play the game, mm-hmm. but he's not the best player to ever don skates is what I'm trying to say. You, guys, <laughs> no, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like at the end of this, Elliot, you'll appreciate this. Craig should just say, Nibai football rules. That's a Billy Madison <laughs> after he goes on that, that rant and he goes about the dog. Or, oh, my God. Anyway, that being said, <laughs> what's going on with Lucic? Did you think it was dirty? No, no. Thank no. you. But, but, <laughs> but. Craig's taking the glasses off. But, but I thought the referees did the right thing. In the moment. What do you think happened there then? If you don't think, so I don't want to put words in your mouth and I don't want to force you to say something you might not want to say. So I'll say it. I feel like he slammed on the brakes and Mike Smith did some acting. Oh, no, this is, this is what I think happened. I I think that, well, look, there are people who don't, who who think that Smith is the big, is a big embellisher. There's no, there's no question. All the time, all the time. You fart near him. He's going down yard sale. So here, here's what happened. I think, I think that, look, I think Lucci said it right yesterday. If he's charging, neither one of them is playing because he's suspended and Smith is hurt. You know what? Smith is dead. Yes. I think I think he pulled up. I think he stopped, but I still think because like it's it's basic science, right? Like you know, if if you're that big and that powerful, and you're moving, even though Lucic isn't the fastest skater, if you're moving with that force and you make contact, you're gonna bump somebody. Like he just, he, I mean, he can't almost help but go down. And uh, and look, like I thought the referees made the right call. It was four nothing. There were eleven minutes left. You know what time that is? It's Andrew Peters' time. So they're saying we're not having Andrew Peters' time. We're we're toning this down and we're getting this game under control. And that's what they did. By that you mean let me let me translate that for all you newbies to the show. That means off come the real players. <laughs> oh, no, I would never say that. I Anybody who played in the NHL as long as you did is a real player. I think uh, don't uh, don't denigrate. Good yourself. save, good save. You're you know what you're the Vasilevsky of saves right now. How, no, but no, <laughs> it's not that I'm denigrating you. It's just I know what your role was. I know. I know what you were there to do. Listen, listen. You don't think there were times when I was like, oh, I just hope they score a couple late just to tighten the game up, just to make it, just to make it a two goal game mm-hmm. under the five minute mark. So that way I know I knew my game was over at the five. I had a 55 minute opportunity to get on the ice after mm-hmm. that, the last five minutes of the game with the coaches rule and the suspension and the, the, the $10,000 fines and everything. I could, I could go to the locker room with five minutes left cause I wasn't getting OT time either. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's just how it went. But uh, what's the big story today, Elliot? What, before we let you go, what are you uh, What are you working on? I don't, I think, well, I mean, it's Battle of Alberta day-to-day, game four. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I, I think that I'm very curious to see if Calgary is going to put a shadow on McDavid tonight. Who's going to shadow him? Well, I think what you do is, I, I was asking a couple of coaches actually who played against uh, Calgary this, again, it's Edmonton this year, what you do. And, um, you know, they a few of them talked about Backland, and what you do is you put Backland on him in the D zone, when, and so you don't let McDavid get the outlet because McDavid likes to come underneath 
and the, and the winger on the boards or the D on the boards hits him with the puck in stride and he can go. Like they said, that's where you have to put someone on McDavid. You don't let him get the speed. You're you're right on him on the D zone, even when he doesn't have the puck. So I'm, I'm curious about that. I mean, look, there's coaching interviews going on this week. Like Trotz has got to decide where, you know, he wants to go. Um, you know, I think that uh, that's that's one thing. I think, you know, Tortorella, Tockett, a bunch of other coaches, potential in Philly. Um, I think. What about uh, Joel Quenville? Is he is he going to be an option? Um, I think that uh, the issue with Joel is Quenville is that you know he has to apply for reinstatement, and I don't know that the NHL's in any hurry uh, at this point in time. One thing I had heard was that is there going to be an owner who's going to call the league and say I'd like to interview him or hire him. And what does that do? I, I think that's probably something like, you know, if say, for example, it's Vegas, if Bill Foley steps up and calls and says, I'd like to interview Joel Quenville, does that force some action? You know, the one thing about that is, you know, I have, uh, I would like to see Quenville's testimony. I would like to know what he told the investigators. And then, because I would like to hear the full picture of of what he said and what he told them before I I answer whether or not he should be able to coach. That's yeah, that's- I, I I agree with that. And in fact, I'll go a step further and I'll just say, you know what, guy's got nothing left to prove. Just 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 walk away. Just I don't know that he wants to do that. I think that I think that part of the problem there is, and I haven't spoken to Quenville, um, but I think part of the problem there, Andrew, is. You know, if, if you really feel that, you know, you your actions have been, and I don't know, I, I don't want to speak for him. I'm just saying out in general. If you feel in any way, shape, or form that your actions have been misrepresented or that you, you feel that you have been uh, dealt with unfairly or this the, the report has not created an accurate picture of what you did or didn't do, you want to defend yourself, right? This is not the way you want to be remembered if you feel that this is in any way inaccurate or incorrect. And, uh, you know, that's where I think we are. Your voice of reason, yeah. And that, that might be the only that might be the only reason why, I guess, I would expect him to coach if, if he ever did. Do you have to take that? No. I'm just sending a note. And uh, so, okay, so Quenville, what about Babcock? You know, it's it's interesting about Babcock. I I heard his name. I was wondering, like, he coached in Canadian University Hockey last year, and uh, I had heard some rumors that he was going to end up maybe in the NCAA this year. Um, I, I do think there are some teams who've had interest in him. I haven't heard his name around this time, although I'm sure there's teams that are thinking about it. I, I think that he deserves a chance to show that he's learned. Like, like I think life, life is about, you know, do you learn? Do you adapt? Um, you know, do you learn from your mistakes? And why shouldn't he get a chance to prove that he's learned from his mistakes? And as long as he has, uh, I don't see why he shouldn't pursue things like I actually think it might not be a bad idea for him to coach in the NCAA just so that he shows that he can coach young people today you know coaching young people today is 
much more difficult uh, than uh, coaching them, you know, 20, 30 years ago when the coach or the manager had all power and there was no questioning them. You guys are parents, you know, kids now they're always why, 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 why it's much more of a challenge. So I, I think that he, if I don't think that would be a bad thing for Babcock to do. Yeah. Well, he's got to show that he can kind of relate and not, uh, you know, um, question on the interim head coaches, Chicago, Florida, Edmonton, Montreal. Montreal, obviously, in St. Louis, you would uh, St. Louis, you would think that he would be coming uh, back, correct? I do, I do think he's coming back. Yes. Uh, what about Edmonton? Uh, you know, I mean, Jay Wood. Uh, I got it, Craig Woodrich. Like, they they said they said they would deal with it at the end of the year. I think that would be like a I think that would be like a Cleveland Browns type fumble if they didn't get that one done. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. I can't see how they don't get that one done. Chicago, Derek King. I don't know. He's been told he can interview for the job, but uh, I, I don't know how to handicap that one, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and Florida, night. you know, like, I, I got to tell you guys, like, um, I, I wonder, like, he, you know, he's nominated for the Jack Adams, came in in difficult situations. They won the first round. They just got swept. I I don't know. What do you think, Craig? Do you think there's any chance they make a change? Like they are still paying Quenville. Um, for me, and this is just my my feeling is, um, and I don't know. I don't know uh, Burnett for a hole in the head. Uh, you know, he. I look at him and he's walked in and he's grabbed an extremely extremely powerful team. I mean, yeah. I could have coached that team to the to the the record that they had this year. That's that's just my feeling because I don't think that you are coaching the team. I think you're allowing elite players to do what they do each and every night and you just guide them. But some of these players in times need need a guy with a strong voice, a guy yep. that's going to that's going to motivate them, that's going to test them and push them past their, you know, what they know is their capabilities. You need to throw an iron fist. And I just like watching him on the bench looks like he's, you know, half asleep half the time. I mean, I'm watching John Cooper. Yes. Okay. He is one of the greatest coaches in this league, bar none. And I watch when he does not like what's going on in the game and he needs a little, you know, energy for his team, and there's a bad call for Tampa Bay. He's up on the bench. He's screaming and yelling. He's he's aggressive. Now, all of a sudden, the old Spidey senses with the boys on the bench are now all of a sudden alert, and they're going, holy, jumping. I just think that uh, they need a motivator in, in Florida to get them over the hump, and I'm not sure Andrew Burnett is that guy. You know, uh, maybe that's true. Uh, I, maybe that's true. I would say to you, I, I, I do think that one of the differences between Tampa and Florida from the games I watched was that Tampa got to an emotional level that Florida just couldn't get to. And like you guys played, is that how, all, how is that though? Is why, that why all was coaching that? or is that players? It's a combination of both, but I think it's a combination of both, but I think it's, I think it's coaching. I think your coach can definitely make a difference there. I just felt that I was curious to hear your take on that because I, I really thought that 
I, I thought that was the difference between the two teams. Like Tampa's got great players, but Florida has great players. And maybe it's just eye test, but I, like a lot of the plays in the series where I thought really made a difference, it was Tampa willing its willing itself to a place Florida wasn't able to go. I agree. But uh, but you also have a coach on one side, John Cooper, that I, I believe would tear a strip off Kucherov if it he needs does. to happen. Yes. He does? Yeah. Okay. I agree with you. I think that John Cooper would have absolutely no problem um, addressing uh, Victor Hedman and plays that he's not doing well and he needs to get better because it's hurting the team. I think he would make these uh, these these addresses in the room, one-on-one. Don't think Andrew Burnett is having a conversation with Jonathan Huberdeau. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's having a conversation with Barkoff, Barkoff or Ekblad. I think they do what they want. Well, maybe that's a spot for Trotz too. Babcock might, might be a good fit there, but he's going NCAA according to Elliot. No, no, I, I wouldn't say that. I, I know his name was out there for some time, okay. but maybe. Maybe we have our own ways of spreading rumors, I guess. Um, okay, I got, I got one last question for you two guys. I like this. I like. We're, we need I, to let you go, Elliot. It's been over. Uh, no, but it's okay. Here. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I got a good time this Stephen Stamkos, Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm on no, the fence I, about Getzlaff, so Stamkos is a hundred percent absolutely. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I when he so. was drafted first overall, if you could look into a crystal ball, see this career, see the goals, see the cups, see it all. I'm the one game he came back and scored in the bubble. I, fuck, absolutely a Hall of Famer. See, I I wondered if all the injuries would derail him, but he had a huge year this year, and once again, um, just the way he's played in the playoffs, I think Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Lived up to expectation, number one overall. So I've looked at his stats. That's a Hall of Famer. He's he's a clear-cut. Clear-cut Hall of Famer for me. Yeah. Gold medal, two, gold medal two or missed the Olympics with injury, didn't he? he? He missed the Olympics with injury, but he was on the team and they gave him a gold medal. Okay. Well, I mean, he's not hurting the team if he's there, right? You know what I mean? No, no, no not that year, especially. So, that. Yeah. Okay. Hall of Famer for sure. Um, I like when you ask the questions. Let me let me tell you this. So okay. you were talking to coaches about shadowing McDavid. Yeah. If they need any advice on this, look no yep. further than the man in the box across. Not me. Old Uncle Rive over there. He once shadowed Wayner. <laughs> he shadowed his his assi- <laughs> his assignment, Elliot. And so tell me about that, Craig. What was yeah. that? When was that? Uh, this was back in a time when I was not good enough to make the top six defensemen in Montreal. So, so pick any season want, that he was in the league. And they didn't want to sit me out. Uh, they wanted me to play. So they put me on right wing. I, I played uh, a better part of like a year and a half kind of on and off as a right winger. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point I was on a line with, uh, Vinnie Donfus and Martin Rosinski. And I can just, now, now that I'm thinking back to that, I'm thinking like, man, they must've been pissed off, mm-hmm. you know, like playing, 
playing with this kid on right wing. I've never played right wing before, but why not? Uh, but uh, yeah, I had a, I had a, uh, I got called in and, and uh, they told me my job that night and we were playing in Madison Square Gardens. And uh, they told me that I was going to shadow Wayne Gretzky. So they basically just told me everywhere he goes on the ice, just follow him. Just stay right beside him. How did it go? Anything, how did it go? Shut down the great one, not a big deal. And uh, I think that, uh, actually, I think we lost, but I think we lost by one. I can't even remember, to be honest with you. All I know is Wayne Gretzky didn't have any points. And they asked oh. him after the, they asked him after the game. They said uh, they asked him and said, "How was it? What? When's the last time you've been shadowed like that?" And he kind of laughed and said, uh, "Steve Casper." Um, yeah, right. Um, said uh, not since I was younger, sort of thing. And he kind of said, "Yeah, the kid uh, did a great job tonight. Uh, good for him, sort of thing." And that was it. Yeah. Why'd you bring up Steve Casper? Because that was the shadow. Like he was the shadow when he played for the Bruins against Gretzky. Okay. He was the shadow. So, Craig, I'm looking at your career. You had five games in 94, 95, and you had 19 games in 95, 96. Which of the two years would that have been? The five game year or the 19 game year? Oh, wait a sec. Well, 94, 95, Gretzky was in St. Louis, or Gretzky was in LA. And 95, 96, Gretzky was in St. Louis. So that must have been 96, 97 when you played 35 games. Yeah, it would have been that year. So I'm just looking through your game log. I like this. Is he call, Is he trying to find it? Yeah. 96, 97, Craig Revae. Let's find New York Rangers. Would it be early in the season, like October 12th? What year was it? 96-97. Elliot. Yeah? I can't remember what I did last week. Okay. Well, that's the I'm, – I'm looking at this. New York Rangers, 5-2 Montreal. Let's go. <clears throat> How much did I play? I'll tell you right now. Oh, they didn't have time on ice back then. But Gretzky, Gretzky had one assist in that game. Fuck. Nice job, Rev. That must not have been the game. <laughs> you did not have a point. But you guys won five to two. It was five nothing. How many shots did he have? I'll tell you, it was five nothing. And you guys had a great game, and Gretzky set up Luke Robitaille late in the second period. How many shots did he have? He had nine. Fuck off. <laughs> did he awesome really? Awesome shadow. Yeah, it's, that's what the, I'm looking at the box score. I shadowed Gretzky they were all, for nine. Hold on, hold on. They were <laughs> all from the outside. Yeah, they were all low percentage. So I'm looking. Was that in Matt? Was that was in uh, New York, Elliot? I'll check right now. Oh my god, that is hilarious! <laughs> no, that was in Montreal. Oh, no, that wasn't. No, the no, game. no. This was in. This was in. Uh, this was in New York. Okay, so I'm. I'm looking. Okay, so that the next year, but the next year you played 61 games. 
97, 98. 30 of them on forward. Okay, let's see. 97, 98. Let's find your games. Okay, at that, Rangers. That was Gretzky's second last year, and he had a decent year. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I'm going to look it up right now. I think he had like 70-something Okay, points. all right. So we March 18th, 1998, you played 21 minutes that night. Would you have played forward for 21 minutes? Yeah. Rangers won 2-1. Yes. What did I fucking say? And I'll tell you this. Gretzky set up the winner in overtime. Okay, Would I wouldn't you? have played in overtime. Okay, there you go. Where the coaching comes in. So, how many shots did he have on? Yeah, that? but you yeah. know what? Don Foos is not on the team at that time. We were chins- oh, no, 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 no. I didn't play with Don Foos in that game. Oh, okay. So you played twenty-one minutes, no points, zero plus minus. There were a lot of minuses on your team that night. Zero, a zero for you. You had two shots. Gretzky, come on, come on, zero, zero shots on that. Gretzky. Three shots on that. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't take down the big one, right? You yeah. can't, How many of them were on the power play? Any of them on well, the power play? Well, listen, they were all say. on the outside for sure. Yeah, he played. Gretzky played twenty nine minutes that game. Twenty nine minutes. Yeah. So, and the <laughs> the Ranger, the first Ranger goal was Mike Eastwood from Tim Sweeney and Kevin Stevens. Then you guys tied it late in the third. Hoagland on the power play from Recky and Koivu. Okay. And Kevin Stevens won it in overtime from Gretzky and Tim Sweeney. You guys just shadowed Tim Sweeney that night. He had two assists. Well, that's what happened. They took away Gretzky and they, you know, it opened up Sweeney. <laughs> opened up Sweeney. <laughs> and that year you guys made the playoffs and you lost to uh and you beat Pittsburgh and then lost to Buffalo in ninety eight. Yeah, ninety-eight. That was the year Barnaby had the hat trick in uh, on Mother's Day. Right. So what what was that date? I want to look it up. March eighteenth. It's good homework, right there. How the hell did you do that? Yeah. How do you do uh, that that quick? Uh, hockey Reference. It shows your game log. I've heard of it. <laughs> I've heard of it. Elliot, you're the man. Thanks for your time. My pleasure, guys. Hey, no. Who the hell were you messaging? Who were you messaging there? Your phone was dinging nonstop. What do you got? Oh, my wife brought me some steel cut oats, so I was thanking her. <laughs> and uh, and our producer, <laughs> you guys know our producer, Amel, right? Yes, yeah, Samuel. Yeah, so he was texting me too, and I told him I was on with you guys. Uh, he's great. He's great. Mm-hmm. Tell him he said hi. All right, Elliot. All right, guys. Thanks for your time. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator 76 And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.